Welcome to Journey Through the Bible with Joshua Smith. So excited to have you join me on this episode. After taking some time off for the summer, we are back, and I am so excited about where we are headed. Welcome to Journey Through the Bible with Joshua Smith. The Bible is the single most important book in history. It is the very words of God put on paper. In this podcast, we will walk through the pages of His Word as we seek to understand His message to us. In Isaiah 55:11, God says, My word that proceeds from my mouth will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I please, and it will prosper where I send it. As we study His Word, He will accomplish within us what He desires. That is our prayer. That is the journey. Thanks for joining us. Who doesn't love a good story? From the youngest of us to the oldest among us, a good story just hits differently. We are able to connect with people in a different way through stories. We are able to interpret events in a different way through story. Jesus thought the same thing. And so he told what are known today as parables. And so over the next eight episodes, we're going to take a look at the parables of Jesus. Now, we're not going to be able to do an exhaustive look at all the parables. Uh, There are over 40 of them throughout Scripture. So what I've done with the help of commentaries and other study guides is I've divided the parables of Jesus into seven different topics. So over the next eight episodes, we're going to see what Jesus says through story about the kingdom of God, about prayer, about the lost, about us. And so I am so happy that you're joining me on this journey through the parables of Jesus. We're going to start off just with some general information and general uh, discussion on why parables. Why, why did Jesus speak in parables and why is it important for us to understand uh, the parables that Jesus brings to us? Well, well, first of all, simply stated, a parable is a spiritual truth or a spiritual reality hidden in an earthly or a down-to-earth story. But it's really even more than that because the reality of a parable, and this is why story is so powerful because story helps us do exactly what I'm about to say. A parable cannot be grasped until we find ourselves inside the parable. And only then can we grasp what Jesus is saying. So let me just uh, talk about a couple parables real quick just to just so we understand this point. Uh, for example, the parable of the lost coin. In the parable of the lost coin, we find this this woman looking for a lost coin and when she finds it, she rejoices and she calls her friends and rejoices with her friends over her finding this lost coin. We can't grasp the angst with which the woman is looking for the coin unless we put ourselves into the story as the woman. How would I feel? What would I do? Where would my emotions be were I that woman? And once we find ourselves in that story, we're going to talk about this once we hit the lost lost parables, Uh, but when we are able to find ourselves in this parable as the woman looking for the lost coin, we're going to understand how 
Jesus views the lost in a way that we may, may not have before. Well, how about the parable of the prodigal son? Right, the parable of the prodigal son, the son asks for his inheritance from his father. He is given his inheritance and then he goes and squanders it and comes back not expecting mercy from his father, but his father welcomes him back with open arms. We can't fully grasp the love of the father until we put ourselves in the son's shoes. Looking on the outside, it's a nice story with a happy ending, but sitting inside the story, putting ourselves inside the story, we truly become familiar with the, the guilt and the shame of the son or the trepidation in which he walks the road back home, followed by the shock and relief of the father's response, the undeserved grace received as the father prepares to join the homecoming feast. When we look at the word parable, it comes from the Greek, two words in the Greek, para, which means alongside, and balo, which means to throw. So in this parable or parabole, it's literally setting truth alongside a story. And that's exactly what Jesus does in his parables. We often will read a parable, and as we study to interpret the parable, we find ourselves interpreting things about ourselves. Again, it's this idea of finding ourselves within the story. For example, the parable of the sower. Jesus brings this parable and says, hey, the, the word of God is spread out amongst different kinds of soil, and it's going to grow different or not grow in particular types of soil. So for us, we read that, that parable, and, and we have to ask ourselves, well, what kind of soil am I? We look at the story of the, the Good Samaritan. This man is beaten and left for dead, and three men pass him by, and only one of those three help the man. What's my role in this story? Right, We find ourselves sitting inside of that story, and we have to ask ourselves, well, what man am I? Am I the Levite, or am I the priest who passes him by, or am I the Samaritan who gets down and gets dirty with the man, gets in the mud with the man, and, and helps him out? Parables are not unique to Jesus. They, they, they have been shown throughout history and used throughout history in different genres. Uh, we can see in the Old Testament, parable was seen as a mashal. And we see this in the Old Testament as a major form of which is a proverbial statement whose meaning is hidden or elusive. The reader's or the hearer's response is vital in understanding the saying. Same is true. This carries over to the parable, right? Again, finding ourselves in the parable. Our response, how we hear the story, is vital in us understanding what Jesus is saying. There are also Greek fables, right? We, we, we're all familiar with Aesop fables, Right? These are brief invented narratives meant to shed light on certain aspects of human experiences and behavior. Often these Greek uh, fables would have religious or ethical themes. And there's often even a surprise or an ironic element of reversal. Uh, think the Good Samaritan. You know, the, Jesus' parables often use this, this frame of reference. Right, think the Good Samaritan. We, we anticipate that it would be the Levite or the priest who would help the man. But in the irony of the Good Samaritan story, it is the Samaritan who helps, uh, who helps the man. 
And often in these Greek fables, uh, there would be a saying either at the beginning or the end of the, the fable, the moral of the story is. And, and we, we see that form um, in, in quite a few of the parables of Jesus. Luke 18.1 and Matthew 18.35 are, are two examples. And so the parables or the, the, the form, parable form is not unique to Jesus, but I think we can all agree that he perfected the medium. Jesus brings to us, and we can see this in Scripture, there, there are three different types of parables. There is the parable of the similitude, which is a concise story. It narrates a typical or recurrent event from real life, and it states an obvious truth to compare this obvious truth with the truth of the kingdom. We can see parables in Luke often, uh, in, this, in this sense, speak of which of you. Or in, the, or in Matthew and Mark, these parables are introduced with the kingdom of God is like. And they're typically present tense stories. And so Jesus, what he does in these parables is he uses something that we can all relate to to bring a spiritual truth that may be a little bit more difficult or, or a little bit more abstract uh, to understand. Right, The parable of the sower. Right? We, we can all understand the language of someone going out with some seed and sowing the seed on the ground. And so he's using this obvious truth to bring about a truth of the kingdom. He's using this concrete stuff like the seed and the sower to bring across an abstract truth of the kingdom, which is the seed is the word of God. Right, Our hearts are the soil upon which the seed is, is sown. The second uh, type is just called a parable. This uh, tells a story about a one-time event which is fictitious. We can think of the story of the prodigal son. That's, that's a good example of this type of parable. The third type of parable that we see Jesus bringing across is the exemplary story. This presents an implied comparison between an event, whether this event could be real or imagined, and this event is drawn from life and a reality of the moral of the story is, is shown. Right, so the first two, the similitude and the parable, present an analogy between two very different things. For example, we see the reign of God uh, is compared to a seed, or the word of God is compared to a seed. We see a sinner is likened to a lost coin. Whereas this third type, the exemplary story, presents not an analogy, but an example. The Good Samaritan, for example, it shows us how to love our neighbor. The tax collector, uh, in the tax collector and, and the Pharisee, when they're praying, the tax collector is a humble and repentant sinner. And there are four of these exemplary stories in the gospel. We see the rich fool in Luke 12, the rich man and Lazarus, the Pharisee and the tax collector, and the Good Samaritan, all of which we'll talk through over the next eight episodes. But why did Jesus speak in parables? Well, Matthew 13, 34 tells us that all these things Jesus said to the crowd in parables. Indeed, he said nothing to them without a parable. Okay, well, why did he do that? Matthew 13, verse 13 says this. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. Mark 4, 9 says, whoever has ears to hear let him hear. Jesus spoke in parables because parables were a way to speak concealed truth. And here is something that is so important for us to grasp. 
Jesus spoke in parables because he wants us not to understand of our own power. He wants us to understand through the illumination of the Holy Spirit working through us. And so he spoke these concealed truths, truth that would only be illuminated by the working of the Spirit. So what's our response to the parables? As we go over these over the next several episodes, how are we to respond? Well, numerous times throughout the parables, Jesus tells us, he who has an ear, let him hear. And so our number one response to the parables of Jesus is to hear with an ear to hear. James Edwards is an author. He wrote a book named Hearing is Believing. He says this about hearing in today's modern world he says today we are conditioned not to hear things to reduce commercials telephone solicitations and countless other public sounds and intrusions to white noise but how can we ensure that we do not reduce the proclamation of the gospel to white noise as well one of the ironies of the electronic revolution he continues is that the more we are bombarded with noise, the less we hear. Concert halls can be carried around in iPods, movie theaters and laptops, and libraries and PDAs. You you can sense a, a little bit of the age of this quote, but it's still relevant. He continues, We need never be alone or out of touch, whether we are on top of Mount Everest or stuck in a traffic jam. Public surround sound necessitates, however, that we become selective hearers in order to protect ourselves from auditory overload. We do not need to work at hearing. We need to work at not hearing in our public. And he's still speaking in in the public uh, foray here. Next time he continues, you are on an airplane. Watch people during the seatbelt demonstration. They are intent not to hear a spiel that is intended to save their lives. We inevitably bring these hearing filters into public worship as well. In worship, we thus need to condition ourselves to do the exact opposite of what we do in the public square. We need to work at hearing. Unless we make a conscious effort to listen differently, to listen with uncommon attentiveness to the reading of scripture, the singing of the anthem, the preaching of the sermon, we may very likely do to public worship what we do to the seatbelt demonstration in the airplane end of quote what what an incredible incredible quote and that is so so true and that is why jesus tells us hey he who has an ear let him hear we have to work at and our best response we can give to the parables of jesus is to hear them if we look at the parable of the sower right the sower comes out and he sows the seed in four different uh, in four different areas And in three out of the four areas, the seed fails to take good root. Only in the last one does the seed take root. And the seed is the word of God. And Jesus' response to this, his kind of antidote to this, is to hear. And he uses the word hear again four times, one in each area in which the seed was sown. The first area, Jesus said, hey, this person heard, but Satan took it away. The second, this person heard, Jesus said, they received, but they fell away. The third, this person heard, 
But then worry came and the deceitfulness of life came and it failed to take root. Only in the fourth area in which the sower sowed seed do we hear or do we see this hearing producing something. He heard, he accepted, and he produced fruit. And if we go back to the Greek, we can see why that fourth one was different than the other three. In the first three areas of the parable of the sower, when Jesus says this person heard, he uses the aorist tense, which is a one and done heard. This person heard the gospel. This person heard the proclamation of the kingdom once. But in the fourth, the one in where the person receives and accepts and produces fruit, he uses the present tense. What is Jesus saying? Jesus saying, you hearing one and done is not enough. No matter where he uses the present tense, because no matter where you are or when you are, you need to be currently hearing the proclamation of the gospel. And it is in that currently, wherever I'm at now, it is in that current hearing of the proclamation of the gospel and the truth of the gospel of Jesus that causes us to accept it, and that causes us to produce fruit. It is in the constant hearing the word of God that allows us to be changed by the word of God. It's not enough just to hear one and done. Oh yeah, I heard that before. No, we need to constantly have ourselves in a position where we are hearing the message of the gospel. We are constantly hearing the word of God being proclaimed. And it is in that constant hearing in which our lives are changed, in which our hearts are molded to what Jesus is looking for from us. But not only do we hear with an ear to hear, we also want to respond with what the parable requires. You see, each parable that Jesus brings shows us something about ourselves. What are we seeing about ourselves in each of these parables? Oftentimes, we see what we don't want to see. Oftentimes, we're going to see the jealousy of the older brother in the prodigal story rather than the gracious rejoicing of the father. Do we see the excitement and willingness to sacrifice of the man who found the pearl of great price within ourselves? Do we see that kind of excitement within us? That we will give up everything for the kingdom of God and we will do it with joy. Do we possess the angst and singular focus of the woman searching for the lost coin in relation to the lost world? Do we maintain the persistence in prayer like that which is shown and the persistent widow before the unjust judge? Are we stewarding the gifts God has given us or are we burying them and squandering any potential growth? The fact of the matter is every parable tells us something about God, something about his kingdom, and something about ourselves. And so moving forward over the next eight episodes, I ask that you would pray this prayer along with me, that God would open our eyes to the mysteries that are before us because there are mysteries in each parable and we want the work of the Holy Spirit to work within our hearts to illuminate the spiritual truth found within each parable. So let's pray. Jesus, as we dive into the words of your stories, of your parables that you brought to us, Help us to hear with an ear to hear. 
and help us to respond with what the parable requires. Each of the parables that you bring, you're, you, you want a certain response from us. So help us to respond appropriate with surrender and gratitude in our hearts towards you. In Jesus' name.